Welcome to the Men in Hoodies podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike sports shows such as First Taken Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, Brent Lyons, Roman Cleary, and Jake Stu. Ladies and gentlemen, Men and Hoodies fans across the country, across the entire world, welcome to the Men and Hoodies podcast. We are back with another episode tonight. It is 1026 Central Time, and we are here on this fantastic Monday night to go over our NFL draft analysis, right? It just happened over the weekend. We know that that was Roman's favorite event of the entire sports year, which is wild to think about coming off of the Super Bowl and college football playoff, and then you have March Madness, but the NFL draft is here, which sort of is basically the kickoff into all the summer events. So I'm really pumped about this. Roman, how are you feeling for this discussion? I'm, I'm very excited because the draft was quite an exciting event overall, and a lot of teams did a good job. A few teams did a bad job. <laughs> Detroit. But you know what? <laughs> I think we're going to focus on the positive today here for the most part, so that makes things a bit more fun. Absolutely. And Roman, we'll go right back to you to get us into this. And first off, what we're going to start with is how our teams did. This is probably the easiest thing to talk about when it comes to the draft is how did your boys do? Roman, tell us about how the Pittsburgh Steelers did and what you think of their draft. Jake, I am a giddy man right now. You want to know why I'm giddy? Joey Porter. My man, Omar Khan, came out here like the con artist that he is and crushed this baby. He absolutely crushed it. We're going to go to round one first off. He trades pick 120 to New England to move up to pick 14 from 17. And the Steelers end up selecting Broderick Jones to tackle from Georgia. And this was really during a wave where the tackles were flying off of the board. Harris Johnson goes off the board at six to the Eagles. Darnell Wright at 10 to tennis, uh, to Chicago. He, he's from Tennessee. And Peter Skaronsky, my personal favorite tackle in this class, goes off the board right after that to Tennessee at 11. So the Steelers, they saw how the board was falling, and they, they knew that if they let Roger Jones fall to 15 with the New York Jets, he was most likely not going to be there for the taking at 17th overall. So the Steelers did what they had to do to move up there and got the tackle that they needed which is great for me because I no longer have to see Dan Moore trying to protect Kenny Pickett's blind spot. Like as much as I like Dan Moore and as much as he honestly overachieved as a player, he just was never good enough to be the long-term tackle. Chukso Korfork is also probably replaceable, but he's still more than adequate compared to Dan Moore. So replacing him is not quite as urgent, but luckily Pittsburgh was able to get Dan Moore's replacement out of the way with Roger Jones at 14 He's a bit raw, so it's going to take him a bit of time to get up to his full potential, maybe a, t- a season or two. But this guy is ultra-athletic, can move, he can mm-hmm. run block really Love well. Love it. Pass protection is going to be kind of rough, but you know what? Roger Jones, great, great player, great pick at 14. But the fun really gets started at 32nd overall, first pick of the second round. I assume that the Steelers had missed out on Joey Porter Jr. by making the decision to trade up for Roger Jones. But guess what? I was wrong. Joey Porter, arguably a top 15, maybe even a top 10 player yep. in this entire class. Agreed. Balls the 32. And, of course, Pittsburgh's going to take him. This, this guy's dad was on the coaching staff for a few years under Mike Tomlin. Won a Super Bowl under Bill Cowher. Steeler legend, if I'm being honest. Joey Porter and Mike Tomlin's kid, they played together in high school. And Joey Porter's just a great boundary corner. 
you know, which was arguably the Steelers' biggest need overall as a team. So this pick just makes – it just makes perfect sense here. Joey Porter's a guy that's going to fit in super well with this press man scheme. Super happy with that pick. Next up, we have Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, a, a defensive tackle from Wisconsin here at pick 49. Steelers needed to bolster up that defensive line, maybe find a long-term replacement for Cam Hayward. And Keanu Benton is a guy that has actually been compared to Cameron Hayward, but also he's going to be a guy that maybe is going to fill that void that Stephon Tuitt left behind a few years ago. So that's great. Super talented guy. A bit raw in terms of run defense, but the Steelers have a fantastic defensive line staff, headlined, uh, you know, headlined by Carl Dunbar. So they're going to do just great. And then you got Darnell Washington, 90 yep. overall from Georgia. That's huge. Had some injury concerns coming out, which is why he was somehow able to slide all the way down the board here. 93rd is like the 30th pick in the third round, by the way. This was basically a fourth round pick, and the Steelers still found a way to snag Darnell Washington. Now, a quick disclaimer, uh, there has been some misunderstanding that this was done to replace Pat Fryermuth. That is not the case at all. Pat Fryermuth is a much more dynamic player in the receiving game than Darnell Washington. Washington is basically, basically going to be an extension of the offensive line, though he can go out and receive the ball much better than a guy than like Zach Gentry. But he's basically going to be that sixth offensive lineman that you need in order mm-hmm. to get the most out of a guy like Najee Harris. Fantastic there. And then he's gonna be a good guy for the goal line offense, is my Yeah. And then further it. down the board you get Nick Herbick and Corey uh Corey Trice as well. Fantastic value. Overall, Pittsburgh just did a phenomenal job. Arguably the best draft of anybody, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, I've spent enough time on this already. Probably talk about it a little bit more as we go on <laughs> here, but just gotta love what Pittsburgh did, and I'm super excited for what this group is gonna do, even in the rookie years, because this is gonna be a really special class in my opinion. And we'll see if the Pittsburgh Steelers can take that step up. Um, they had that winning record 9-8 and eight this season. We'll see if they can uh, move up and see if these rookies give them a uh, next step. <laughs> oh, they will. Trust me. It's, it's the Steelers. Come on. <laughs> hey, no, it's Mike Tomlin, right? It's all coaching. There we go. The Brent oh, Lions, so. <laughs> man. Tell us about Seattle. How you feeling? Uh, I think Seattle did. I mean, they didn't do bad. I would have preferred to have Joey Porter over Devon Witherspoon. That's just because I'm a little biased, but also I just think he's more dynamic than Witherspoon is. Um, but taking, I feel like taking him at five was also a little bit early. I'm not mad at it either. I think Jalen Carter slipping to nine um, would have been easily avoidable, obviously, if we just took him, which was the consensus pick for pretty much everybody that Seattle was going to end up taking him. So I was honestly pretty surprised when we didn't. Um, but I'm not mad at the pick by any means. I think. Um, we, we definitely needed defense either way, and so getting Witherspoon was definitely a good pickup. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was probably our best pick of the entire draft. I just feel his we got a lot of bang for our buck there. Um, I feel like besides the fact that we were the first team to take a wide receiver, which was then followed up Quentin Johnston and then Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison all going off the board, um, one like for the next four picks straight, um, I kind of felt like we literally had the entire wide room to work with, and we went with the guy who played a snap the entire season pretty much. So, I mean, that's a little bit questionable, but I think with Lockett and DK Metcalf and different guys like that. So I'm not really opposed to that one either. Just two first-round picks or two big picks, you kind of feel like you could pick somebody a little more either in store when it comes to Smith and Jigba or maybe a little more dominant. Uh, front end but I like Derek Hall not extremely familiar with him 
Um, but that's just because I'm not, I'm not that big of a um, pass the off guy in football. Um, that's more Roman's forte. But Zach Charbonnet, I he's good. I don't, I don't know why we took him. Um, Charbonnet's good. He yeah, he's not bad. I I know he's good. I understand why we took him because we already have a good running. We have two good running. No, yeah, we only have. We have. We already have a good running back. Seattle's got a bit of a fetish for running backs, low key. I don't. I don't understand it. We don't like. In my like, but Kenny Walker gonna, is injury prone too, though. And they're how can we? We can't call him injury prone. But he is though. He's he's played after for a year. That's season, not. You can't call somebody injury prone after playing for a year. He, he not, was hurt going into the year from college. That's not fair. And, and Zach Charbonnet is a completely different running back than Kenny Walker is too. I just don't get the point in taking. I just didn't see the like his ceiling is limited already coming into Seattle, and he had the chance, he could have been a very like a lot more explosive running back somewhere else. Um, his ceiling is going to be pretty limited coming into Seattle if Kenny Walker is healthy because apparently he is injury prone, even though he's a rookie. Um, he was a rookie last year, but I just think that we could have. I just don't. I don't. I didn't understand the pick just because I didn't think that we needed a running back as compared to other pieces that we could have picked up in the second round. But obviously he's really good. Led the Pac-12 in rushing yards last year. So obviously it's not a bad pick. I just don't – I just don't see why we took it knowing that we – I thought we already had our future um, kind of set in the running back game. And then we, we did a good job picking up some more defensive pieces. Cameron Young from Mississippi State uh, picked up a guard from um, – oh, what was his name? Uh, Anthony Bradford from LSU. Um I mean, we we had a pretty solid draft. Um, definitely not the best by any means, top ten. Um, but we picked up some of the pieces that we needed. And shout out to Sean Clifford because he got drafted as well. And I don't think anybody was expecting that. Um, and hopefully he'll start in Green Bay this year. I know that Geno Smith just got his money and he he's playing good right now. Are you at least a little bit upset that y'all didn't invest in a quarterback with a pretty deep class this year? No. You're not? Talk no. talk through that. I'm I don't know if there's much to much to talk about. We had a lot more well, needs. Like, um, what's the point in Seattle taking a guy like Hendon Hooker? I'm just I, so, yeah. I, I just I just do not see the point in that. I don't like we had a lot of other needs that we would have been like we would have been neglecting those needs completely if we were to draft a quarterback. Um even if it was in like a later round, like once you get to round five or so, I really don't think that there's a QB worth taking at that point anyway. And it's like, like, I'm going to be honest. I don't want, like, I don't want like Sean Clifford as my starting quarterback potentially Boy. just what I was just saying, like, cause you were talking about picks that you could have, that could have been placed a little bit better. Like, why would you take Charbonnet at, I think that's a great pick, but there was a, there may have been some other situations where he could have needed something better. I didn't know if maybe quarterback could cross no. your mind or if that was a regret. No, I was saying Jackson Smith and Jigba. I said the reason that I said I was questioning him was because he played a snap, and the next three picks were all wide receivers, all of very successful seasons, one being Jordan Addison, the other being Quentin Johnston. And Zay Flowers it obviously wasn't on a very good team, but he was still was pretty good. Um, but Jordan Addison, Addison especially, who actually you know played football this season, um, and I feel like 
we like we wide receiver who had a little more experience, but I trust them with that one. I no QB never crossed my mind. I feel like if we would have drafted a QB, it would have been wasting. Um, we needed defense a lot this year. Um, our defense was pretty horrid um, this past season, in my opinion. And I think that all the defensive players that we could get, we needed. And so um, investing in defense um, is not a bad call um, at all by me. If we would have drafted a QBI, I honestly would have been pretty upset. Well, I respect that. I think I think Geno Smith, and I agree, is a really solid player. Um, only being 32 and just seeing how he's been able to peak the last two years has been really awesome. Um, so I hope that he definitely continues to live up to the money that you all paid him. Um, for me and the Falcons, if you don't know, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, which is usually a tough road. But this year, I'm extremely pumped about the NFL draft that we had. If you're not aware, at the eight pick, it was a little bit early. A lot of people had this guy going mid-20s around that. But we decided that we wanted B. John Robinson, and we absolutely went and got him, grabbed him at the eight overall pick. He, if you don't know much about him, he's a former five-star, number one running back recruit coming into his class. I believe that was 2019. If I'm not mistaken, preseason Heisman candidate the last two seasons. This past year alone, on the ground, nearly 1,600 yards, which is absolutely out of this world. One of the tops, if not the top, in the entire college football um, arena this season. As I said, most mock drafters had him landing in the 20s, but we've seen this in the draft a lot, like Roman talked about um, with the guy that they picked up at 14. When you see a guy that you want, you're going to do almost anything you can to get to that spot to assure that no one else takes him. Um, and Atlanta already had that spot at eight, and they were just like, okay, let's do it. Um, I don't mind the running back pick that early. I know a lot of people say don't go running back early. Back in the first round, it's the most expendable position, um, which I usually agree with, and I, I do here. I think it's a little bit risky, um, but I think if you look at our situation, Cordero is going to be a free agent next offseason. He'll be 33 years old. He's kind of had a good stint with us um, that he did not have beforehand. He was really good in Minnesota and then kind of fell off for a little bit, had a decent season with the Bears, and then came here, and he's been great. But who knows how he's going to be after this year. Um, Tyler Algier had a good season. Um, he got it put in positions to succeed, especially when Cordero took more of the outside receiver position. Um, he got put in the slot a lot, and that's where he shines. So I really like that Bijan's going to be coming in and being able to really diversify this offense now with Tyler Algier being more of a more of a power back and Bijan having that burst of speed that you need. So it's really going to – um, help stretch this stretch offense that we see a lot. Um, so I really like the B. John Robinson pick. Um, and even if there there are people out there that do doubt picking a running back at eight, I think Atlanta definitely made up for it to where all Atlanta fans are looking back on this draft and saying, yeah, this is a good draft because we were able to pick guys up, two guys on the line straight off that were really good. One guy from Syracuse and one guy from Ohio State. Zach Harrison is really, really good. All Big Ten player there from Ohio State. Um, Falcons were like bottom half in every almost every single defensive category in the entire league this season. So to pick up a guy on that line, along with um, Calais Campbell, who we got from the Ravens this offseason, is going to be huge for us. Um, so I think Atlanta really killed it um, overall. And then obviously you've got the corner pick um, from Utah. That was a really good pick, Clark Phillips. Um, so I really like what we did this draft. We really hit the areas that we needed and then got a little bit of a boost from B. John Robinson. So I'm really pumped to see um, how this team is going to take a step up. I know Derek Carr just went to the Saints, and then you've obviously got um, no Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. you got Baker Mayfield down there now. So we'll see what happens. Bryce Young in Carolina. This is a 
way more open of a division than it ever has been in the past few years. So I'm really excited to see what Atlanta can do and how preseason camp goes. Yeah, I think the Falcons did a decent job here. I just – I know Bijan's an amazing player, and I've already said that he's the best running back prospect since Saquon, and I'm still going to stand by that. Right. But I'm, I'm just – I just don't know. The Falcons are a team that – they have a lot of needs. They, they do. And right. they did address a decent bit of them in this draft. But the opportunity to select a high-level player at, eight, at eighth overall, and then you just take that pick on a run – you know, you use that pick on a running back. And again, Bijan is not your stereotypical first round running back prospect. I totally understand that. But I really think Bijan's going to have to make a big impact. And it's going to have to come pretty quickly if you want me to say that the eighth overall pick for a running back is worth it there. Yeah, I think it'll be hugely instrumental to take a little bit of pressure off Desmond Ritter. And I think a big reason that we picked him is because we're choosing to put a lot of our trust in Desmond Ritter. I'm just, I'm hoping everybody stays healthy and this offense with a lot of loaded young weapons is actually willing to take a step up. It's, it's really young. The offensive line is getting a little older though. Um, So I'm hoping to see that maybe this year, maybe next year that those sort of start to mix and we see this offense. That's 2018 below of the lead in the Super Bowl. We start to see that go back to where it needs to be with Arthur Smith's system, but I mean, obviously, uh, running back in the first round, especially top 10, is always going to be risky. We've seen that even with the guys like Saquon, who really didn't have his coming out year until this season, his fourth year in the league. So we'll see what happens. I think a little bit of pressure off Bijan with Tyler Algier in the backfield is going to help. But ultimately, it's going to be up to the season to, to see how that pans out. Now, my saving grace with this is that this is – being done by a team that's coached by Arthur Smith. And if you know anything about Arthur Smith, having a star running back in that offense is instrumental to making that offense work. We saw that in Tennessee for years, and that's what got him, you know, the coaching job with the Falcons. And clearly guys like Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley, you know, they're good players, but they were clearly not going to cut it if Atlanta wanted to really make Arthur Smith's system work. You need a guy like B. John Robinson in there. It is unfortunate that you had to spend the eighth overall pick to get it as opposed to getting Derrick Henry in the second round all those years ago. But you got to do what you got to do. And I can definitely see it working. I can, considering that Arthur Smith is the guy that's engineering it. And I also think he needs – I don't know why the media is hopping all over him, but there are a lot of articles this season saying that he was on the hot seat because of the seven and ten year he had which I hate that because that's the way the system he has with a rookie quarterback and then Marcus Mariota with young running backs. Like that's not going to work. That's not going to work. This team needs time. And I think maybe Bijan with a little bit of a boost out of that running or out of that running back spot with Drake London on the outside, maybe they'll be able to utilize Kyle Pitts the right way. I think it'll be a good, good sign to see all these guys clicking. I just, I hope as an Atlanta fan, <laughs> I'm not just getting hyped for no reason like I usually do. I mean, I'm a big Arthur Smith fan. He was my favorite coaching candidate during that cycle, even over Brian Dable. So, uh, I mean, it's going to it's gonna take a lot to get me to say that Arthur Smith should be fired. I, I think he's fantastic. Brent, any more thoughts? Nah. You guys All right, let's move on. on. Move on to the next question. Not our teams, but what team overall, Roman, for you, won the draft top to bottom? 
I, I mean, I really think the Steelers are belong in that conversation, but since I'm not allowed to say them because it'd be quote unquote biased, it's not if you True. look at the ring or, or, or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I think what Philadelphia did in the first round alone is pretty remarkable, you know, going up and getting, uh, they actually didn't go up and get Jay. Well, they technically did. They moved up one pick, but e- either way, chilling, letting the board, you know, play out how it did, and then getting the best player in the draft at nine and Jalen Carter is pretty special. And then they get another really important edge piece in Nolan Smith. A lot of people are making the jokes that, oh, it's the Georgia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. Georgia players win. They're really good. There's a <laughs> right. reason they've won like two national championships in a row. And Philadelphia is, in my mind right now, the best-run organization in the league. And, you know, if getting Georgia players helps them maintain that status, then so be it. I mean, Keely Ringo at 105th overall, that is phenomenal value. And Tanner McKee, you may not really need him because you just extended Jalen Hurts for long term. But still, he's a good player that probably shouldn't have been there at pick 188. Um. I don't know. I think the Cardinals did a pretty decent job here, too. This new regime under Jonathan Gannon, you know, it's really working for him so far in this offseason. I mean, I think Paris Johnson at six is a little bit of a reach, but it was clear that he was highly sought after. So Arizona did what they had to do to go get the guy that they wanted. I think it's pretty clear, according to the draft rankings, that they were going to take him regardless. I mean, I could realistically say a lot of teams uh, for – for who won the draft. And it's very hard to answer this question just in general, because again, these are all rookies that we're talking about. We have no idea how these guys are really going to pan out in reality. Um, My answer would be Pittsburgh pretty definitively, but since I'm not allowed to say them for some reason, I'm just going to go with Philadelphia. (laughs) Just wanted to, again, use the word diversify the picks here. Brent, what about you? I'm going to say the Texans. Um, just because they picked Anderson and Stroud? I mean, pretty much, yeah. I mean, getting C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson is huge. I also think Juice Scruggs um, from Penn State. I didn't even know the Texans drafted him until um, today. But, I mean, obviously the draft happened the other day, but, like, yesterday. Um, I didn't know that they were the one that ended, once they ended up getting in. He's really talented. Um, center, under center, he's a big man. Be a big he did such a great job um, being being Sean Clifford's main man there last year. Um, so I think that, that he could do good things for a, a rookie, CJ Stroud as well. But I also think people like um, Tank Dell, Tank Dell, good wide receiver out of Houston, and a little bit this past year. Also Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver from Iowa State. He did a great – I um, I don't remember what much of his um, – but, but he – impressed by him I don't remember why he's 6'2 so he's a little bit it's like maybe the shorter side depending on what you're looking at but he's like I don't I don't know I just really like his build and how he and how he runs that and so I don't think that he'll be seeing too many I guess minutes you could thrown in the lineup too many times his rookie season but if he does find a way to make his way up the depth chart um, as a rookie I would not be surprised if he's a sleeper as far as um, talented wide receivers go in this group. But I just think offensively, um, obviously as well as defensively as with Will Anderson and stuff like that, they did a great job 
of picking up the players that they needed. I don't think this team's going to be any successful this year. Um, but I do think that as far as rebuilding and rebuilding correctly, instead of just kind of continuing to throw random pieces together and hoping that somehow someday it'll work, um, they actually look to as if they have a plan now this year. And so I really like what they did. I think they addressed almost every single one of their needs to a T. Back and wide receiver was a was a really big was a really big one, and obviously you're not going to draft a wide receiver at pick three. Um, so getting Will Anderson out of the bunch was a really good deal, I think. Um, I also agree with Roman about the Eagles. I think the Eagles had a really good draft, um, and I think we can all agree that the Lions did not have a great draft. Um, what do so you mean? I know the, I was the Lions killed it, man. They were like you don't understand the value of Jameer Gibbs at twelve. Like, I have never seen yeah, a more forward-thinking pick in my entire life. Brad Holmes, what, 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 a, what a guy. Why would you not want to draft Jameer Gibbs as the 12th over his consideration? To... In the first round at all. You're, you're not good at the sarcastic. <laughs> Sorry, you're not. Hey, I like Jameer Gibbs, but I, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I definitely liked him a lot better after I figured purpose. out they were trading DeAndre Swift. <laughs> or what about getting Jack Campbell 18th overall in one of the worst linebacker classes we've ever seen? I don't know, man. Uh, definitely a little weird. I feel like they could have used those picks a lot better. God, I, I knew there your... was going to be a point where we get trapped on the Lions because it was that bad. Like, yeah. No, I, I feel you, man. Um, Brent, for me, I'm right on the same page with you. And obviously, the top the top of the draft, when you see two out of the top three guys go to the same team, of course that's got to be one of your people. Because this this team sucked. Like, they were, t- they were terrible. They were bottom five in total yards and yards allowed. Like, they were awful. So what did they do? They went and got two of the top three guys in the draft. Like, I think that is an immediate, like, light in the midst of darkness here to see that this this team may have a little bit of hope, may have a little bit of excitement going into the next year. And I'm not going to relate them to that of the Lions last year, but last year the Lions had a really good draft, and they came in – people picked them pretty high, like including you, Brent. Um, I think you had them like – I don't even know, like 11 and 6. Like they, they came out and – they came out of the gate hot, um, almost made the playoffs at the end of the year as well, which is really cool to see. Uh, or they may have. They may have beaten the Packers at the end of the season. I'm not. I'm not remember who won that game. They did. They, they won, did. Okay. The Seahawks. So, the Seahawks won their game. Right. So the Detroit got kicked. Right. Okay. So yeah. So they were like on the edge of of making the playoffs there. Um, I'm not going to say the Texans are there yet at all, but I am saying this is a step in the right direction. C.J. Stroud, we have seen, can run the ball. Um, not as good as that of Deshaun Watson, who got drafted like five or six years ago. Um, but he has a little bit of better arm than Deshaun Watson does, and I think that makes up for the lack of being able to run like him. Um, so another young quarterback, highly sought-after quarterback like C.J. Stroud coming into Houston, I think is really solid. Will Anderson as well. Um, and then another one of those linebackers that came from Alabama, transferred from Tennessee into there is, I don't even know, Toe, Toe, however you say it. Um, but you've got two of those guys who realistically in two or three years, both of those guys could be starting – with the chemistry that they had at Alabama. Um, so I think that's really solid as well. Um, so, Roman, it's it's weird that only that stands out really only in the top top three. They needed, as I said, a light in the midst of darkness, and I think they're, they're quickly solving this issue that will work out in a couple of years. 
Look, I just don't know if you can definitively say that any team did a better job than the Steelers of really navigating the entire three days. I really just don't know if you can say that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know coming from me, it's going to come off as bias, but it's I am not the only person saying this. I'm far from the first person to say this. I think Omar Khan just did such a good job in his first year as the GM in the draft. This is a guy that's been waiting his turn, has been in this organization for two decades waiting for his opportunity. And he certainly made the most of it. Of course, you got to give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit there, too. I mean, if you don't think Mike Tomlin is heavily involved in this process at this point, you're just completely naive. But, uh, I mean, again, you can call me biased all you want, but my answer to this question is the Steelers. I just think that they just did a phenomenal job all three days, just navigating the board, letting it fall the way that it fell, and getting the guy that they felt had the highest value. I mean, it was really more of, yeah, you, you got your needs, but it was more so of just the best player available approach. And that's how you win. You put together a team full of good football players, and that's what Pittsburgh did. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think anybody from the inside and outside can look and see what Pittsburgh did and, and see that as hard to say it. But I think out of out of anyone, I think the Seahawks struggled the most out of our three teams this year. Um, but y'all were the best last year. Mm-hmm. You made the playoffs. So I think that um, you definitely have the upper edge anyways. So. I would agree. The Steelers so. would have made it. Bot knock in, got hurt in the first game. <laughs> yep, right. I agree. I agree, but a little bit hesitant, you know. But anyways, you don't think you he for... makes a difference in one game that he missed? I, I think he does. I think he does, but it's it's easy to say that when you don't make the playoffs, you know. I think I think any team, not not as big as a TJ Watt kind of thing, but I think any team can say, "Man, we would have been better if we had this guy, or if this guy wasn't hurt, or stuff like that." But TJ Watt is literally the defensive player of the year and the best edge rusher in football. I, that's a little bit different. I mean, like Cowboys could have been the one seed if Dak wasn't hurt weeks one through seven. Like that, that's also an option. Like who knows if they go undefeated? Kind of what thing. do you mean? They still won a, a decent amount of games with rushing. They did. They did. I don't know. There's there's a lot of hypotheticals we could throw out there, but dude, the hypotheticals I'm looking forward to is this summer, man. We get to go over every single division yet again. That's yes, one of my favorite sir. parts of last year is when we walked through every single division for about two months. And I'm telling you, man, it's going to get more and more exciting as we continue to see these people um, on their teams in their new jerseys. It's going to be exciting. Aaron Rodgers now with the New York Jets. What in the world just happened? Garrett Wilson just shot to a top five potential fantasy receiver just like that. I mean, this is going to be insane to watch, um, especially in that division. Yeah. We're going to get to some value picks now. I know you wanted to go over that. Absolutely. Let's go through that really quickly, Roman. Value pick, who would be your best guy at their spot? Well, again, I'm not allowed to go with my team for the spot. The answer to this question is Joey Porter Jr. at 32 because that guy just had no business falling out of the first round. I'm sorry, but I do want to maintain a little bit of variety here because I, I'm a man of the people, believe it or not. So I'm going to go over to Buffalo, New York, Brandon Beam, running the show over there. And we're going to go with Osiris Torrance here, going 59th overall, the guard out of Florida. He was maybe my favorite offensive lineman overall in the class. I just love the, his size, the way that he does things, the way that he just mauls people in the run game. I, I just think he's a pretty – pretty good prospect you know from at the at that guard spot 
and he's just the perfect fit here in Buffalo. A guy that uh, that's desperate. That's you know he's going to bring a lot of desperate help to that Bills offensive line and just make the Bills offense even better. You know, going back to Buffalo, I think Dalton Kincaid at twenty five is also a really good value there. I mean, we know it's you know how the you know the the duo between Travis Kelsey and Tra- Patrick Mahomes has worked out for years and years and years. I mean, I think a really underrated aspect of good offenses is having that dynamic weapon at tight end. Uh, and Dalton Kincaid is really going to bring that, I think, to Buffalo, which is going to make uh, their group that much more dangerous. So I think Buffalo here in the first two rounds uh, got really good value uh, off, out of the board there. The answer here is Joey Porter, and I'm glad I'm not a Steelers fan. Absolutely, it is him and Jalen Carter. Brent, what about you? Oh, okay. Yeah, so Porter even, anyway. even even you could admit that I'm right about Joey Porter. Let's go on round two. Joey Porter had no business falling out of the first round. No Not business. At all. At all. No. no. I don't know about that. I no. think Devin Witherspoon is incredible. Same. Honestly, Same the pa- the Patriots getting Christian Gonzalez at seventeen. Like, that's good value. I mean, they were probably going to take him at 14, and they get an extra fourth out of it. That's really good movement there from New England. And you already know that Christian Gonzalez is going to be like a Pro Bowl corner because it's New England. They just do a right. phenomenal job of developing defensive backs. I mean, we see it over and over again. Like, it's the Steelers with wide receivers and the Patriots with defensive backs. Like, you already know, like, like those two teams with those specific positions are just really, really good. I also like Jordan Addison falling as the fourth receiver off the board to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That if he if he pans out to be the way he should be, dude, him and Justin Jefferson are going to be cold this year, especially after they lost Adam Thielen. He's going to have an extra spot just to be able to step in and slide in. I don't know if he's going to start, but man, if he does, that's going to be pretty scary. I thought the Chargers should have taken Addison to twenty one. I mean, I like Quentin Johnson a bit more as a prospect, but I mean, the Chargers already have Mike Williams. And exactly, Johnson. they're the same player. Quentin Johnson is basically Mike Williams. So like, <laughs> yeah, right. Why do you need Quentin Johnston when Jordan Addison would be a better fit for your team there on the board? Again, I think Quentin Johnson's a better prospect and a better player, but he's Mike Williams. He's literally Mike Williams. So unless yeah. you're planning on replacing Mike Williams, which I don't see why you would, that pick just doesn't make much sense to me. I agree. Any other thoughts, boys, before we uh, do our little week recaps and then – Man, we get prepared for next week with the year anniversary. Yeah. We're doing week recap. I'm just tonight. I'm just incredibly sad that the draft had to come and go once again. I mean, you just don't get a more thrilling, exciting, dramatic <laughs> event in sports than this one, in my opinion. And as great as those three days are, once they're gone, it's just, man, you just had so much fun and time flew by without you even realizing it. But I can't wait for next year already. And I can't wait to see how this all uh, how all this unfolds in the 2023 NFL season. All right, Brent, how was your week? Doing week. Yeah, we're recapping our weeks, bro. It's kind Absolutely. of Absolutely. The fans want to know. You That's know, Carson, I'll read fast forward to this part. You gotta let's <laughs> right. Give her her money's I'm, worth. I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying it's crazy that on on one of the least popular and least important sporting events of the year that we're going to do week <laughs> recaps for it. Uh, the NFL draft is by far the most important event on the NFL calendar. 
You can't even say that isn't true. I, I thought the Super Bowl is pretty important, and it brings in a lot of money. But it doesn't know, even so matter much. after it's over, except I mean, for the team that won. I mean, the draft doesn't really either. But why? You literally are determining your own future in the draft. <laughs> okay. What's the um, point of that future if it doesn't matter if you don't win a Super Bowl? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and apparently, Roman made a comment about coaches having a say in drafting. Um, which is absolutely wild to me because I was told last week while I was being scolded that coaches have absolutely nothing to do with the draft and that it's just the front office. So Taylor Jenkins has nothing to do with the Grizzlies. I know that's not important. They're drafting. I know that's not important, but I thought I'd throw that out there. That's Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is <laughs> a much smarter mind in his sport than Taylor Jenkins is in his. <laughs> Sorry. Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in NFL history. Taylor Jenkins has barely even been in the league, and he's not even that good at this job. We're not getting into this today. We're not. <laughs> we are talking NFL draft. That is what this podcast is dedicated to. You are not going to take me down this rabbit hole again. I refuse. Not for today, at least. That was my week recap. I just wanted to get Roman riled up. Get me all riled up for the week recap. I'm kidding. How was your um, How was your week, Roman? <laughs> what was that voice you were trying to do there? That was my excited change the subject voice. Well, uh, I'm done with classes now. Just have a few more things to submit and publish, and then uh, it is summer break for me. It will be that uh, for you two in just a uh, just a few days. Uh, that that's about it. Just going through the motions right now. Um, I was, I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't do the video format this week because I wanted to show off my award that I received. I saw that. At the saw that. Journalism and Strategic Media Awards this past Wednesday, the Eleanor Kelly Gruson Excellence in Writing Award. Hmm. That is great. Congrats. What, is that, what did that require? I just I submitted the story that I wrote for it. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. What was the story on? Um, it was previewing the Memphis basketball season. I interviewed at the Commercial Appeals, Jason Munns, for it. Uh, I thought I did a pretty decent job on it, and clearly they did as well. So that, that's that's good for me. How was that senior picnic? I know y'all might y'all probably going to talk about that. Brett? We won by a lot, and it wasn't huh. even close. My team Jones class destroyed. Year. You're what? My team didn't win last year, so I'm glad you got oh, to experience victory. It, we, it, it wasn't even close. It was it was a obliteration. It was demolition. It was bad. Were y'all on like the honors team? No, it was. Yeah, it was doing English and then AP or whatever, and then they're the ones that won honors. last year too. Oh Duel? my goodness. Dual classes? Yeah, the dual classes won last year, too. What is it with the dual classes at this senior picnic? I don't know, man. What in the world? It was great. It was awesome, dude. We we showered Miss Jones in a water bucket that we had left over. It was great. She I don't know if she loves it or not, but then she agreed to give us better grades than her essays, so we'll see if she actually liked it or not. I hope she does. My My only complaint about the senior picnic is that it's way too long. Like Long? It does not need to be the whole entire day. 
It was only like ten thirty to two for us. Ten thirty to one thirty. I don't know. I, I just wish you could just play your games and go home. Honestly, <laughs> I would have. You didn't. You didn't cherish those moments like the laughs with your friends and stuff, like with all the seniors that were graduating. I mean, it was all right, but like, I'm hardly gonna see any of those people again, for the most part. Exactly. That's the point. Like, I don't know. I knew them for 14 years, and most of them barely even bothered to try and form any sort of friendship with me. So why should I just care all of a sudden? Oh, no, I'm never going to see him again. They had 14 years to try and talk to me about anything. I'm just too good for these people. Apparently, they act like they were too good for me. It's the exact opposite, actually. Hey, I bet they're not winning any writing awards, though. Yeah, they're they're winning their beer pong awards, so I'm I'm chilling. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I would say yours is a, a tad better for sure. Well, congratulations on that. The senior picnic was a blast. Lots of fun games. Lots of good laughs to have with all the people that I've grown up with. Um, so that that was really cool to see. Um, but you know, I'm I'm ready to be done. The weird part about me and Brent's schedule is bec- is that um, we're not really going to get a break until we're done. So it's it's basically like we have a very, very abrupt ending, which I'm not used to. Um, I'm used to it being chill until the end. But now we're pretty much going to be busting our tails until the last bell. So um, it's going to come off a little bit different. But I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm ready for it. We got the Arlington High School Sports Awards show. Um, I don't know if that's going to premiere this Wednesday or Friday, but either way, it's going to come out as a live stream. Um, so that, along with this Apple Distinguished video that we're <laughs> – attempting to film and edit um, to get Arlington and app as an Apple distinguished school. Um, both will be good ways for us to go out, but only four more days left on the calendar. Brent is certainly ready to tackle them according to his definite enthusiasm for this episode. I'm so ready. He is so ready. I wanted to um, – my attempt to tackle them is to get a good night's rest. I agree. Are you all enthusiastic you go to, to go to sleep as well? Getting a good night rest is pretty difficult, to be fair. Especially when you do a podcast at 11.30. I would never recommend that. Ugh. Hey, if you weren't supposed to do it room, at this time. I don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry. I have prior engagements. <laughs> You weren't such a good runner, and you weren't such a good coach. Then you would been you would have been here, and we would have been done. I'm sorry, my girls' team won. Just stop. <laughs> Just kidding, Brent. You're doing great, and it's okay. Hey, and at least we got some of that to the people, even though we don't have face cams. So I think it was all, a solid episode. All we got to recap all this NFL draft. So what? All twenty of the people that are going to listen to this are going to love it. You mean two hundred, right? I bet I could sure. ruin a bit more than that. All right, I'm placing a stamp of 24. I'm thinking we get 24. <laughs> we usually pass that. I oh, think. easily. Ease, okay. Look at, look at our track 24. record. Look at our track record. <laughs> 24. All right, well, I think we are all enthusiastic to uh, get a good night's sleep. So thank you for listening to the Ministries Podcast. We are just a few days out from the one-year anniversary of the Men and Hoodies podcast. It has been an absolute blast to be with you boys for a whole year, almost every single weekend. It's been a blast, and I cannot wait yeah. to continue this 
as we move about our lives. But thank you for listening to the Men Hoodies podcast. Send us our, your draft takes that you have coming off of the NFL draft on Spotify, on Instagram, wherever you listen to the podcast or have contact with us. So thank you for listening, and we will see you at the later end of this week. The water chose me.